0: Hey everyone, my name is Sambul Siddiqui.
1: And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We're here. We did the intro. We did it without messing up. (laughs) It's like the first time in three weeks.
0: Someone yelled at me beforehand. (laughs) I was like, I wish we could record this. (laughs) Someone, I
1: think, was it me? Yeah, it was you.
0: We're back. I think we're back. Our audio is Can you hear me weird. now? I can hear you.
1: Oh, my God. We are a hot mess. Hot mess. Hot mess. Year two. Okay. Um, before we dive into all this, I went home last night and watched... Did you know Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? The new season is out? Yeah. Season three. Okay. So, let me tell you all, people. If you haven't watched the show, it is so uplifting and awesome. And so, you must. Just start with season one and just just binge it right through. But... The new season, I turned on the first show and it was a lady. Oh. It was like Queer Eye for the straight lady. And she was like a hunter. So all she wore was camo. (laughs) And she had this hair and it went like down past, like she said she had never cut her hair in like 20 years. And I was like, I cannot. I just can't do it the whole time. Like for 10 full minutes, I was like, "I, I don't know if I can watch this. She was like, she was like, shooting guns in camo and i just couldn't feel her and then i'm telling you 180 by the end like i was sobbing my face off they did such a good job with her and she had this all this like emotional baggage that i was like yes i was with her it was so cathartic and so anyway so please I'm just saying if you do like the show and you start watching season 3 and you have like a moment at the beginning of the first episode where you're like
0: what is this going to be about Where is it taking place this year
1: It's in Kansas City, Missouri.
0: Okay, I know they did it in Georgia last yeah. year.
1: Yeah. Um and yeah, Missouri. Wow. 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 Yeah. So I've I've watched a couple of them and they've been really good.
0: Well, I might do that this weekend. Thank you for the re- I love the first two seasons oh and God. think Who, I've binged them.
1: Who's your favorite?
0: Um It's really hard to, hard for me.
1: Okay, who's your least favorite?
0: I think um, who's really the food guy. Yes,
1: right. Like Anthony. Yeah, he's the most superfluous character ever. Get out of here! Get out of here! And he does nothing, and they they show him forever. Do you think it's because he's hot-ish? I don't know. I think so. Okay,
0: he's the worst. I do love um, the Bagassani man. Oh, tan
1: tan France. How does he do that to his hair? Oh, he's so imp- like fabulous. Switch. Okay, my favorite is Karamo. Yeah, the therapy guy.
0: I've f- at first felt he was really useless. No, he's like the feelings doctor. And now I've get where he's coming. Like I get why he's needed.
1: No, and he always like reveals this little thing about himself right. too, where I'm like,
0: oh wow, that's. Have you? There's been I. I saw spoilers that he has a big reveal in this season. Has he done it yet?
1: Uh, well. It was pretty big.
0: Okay, so you you know what it was in
1: about. the second. See, it was in the second episode. Okay, yeah. okay,
0: okay. So I, I, you, we don't need to spoil it for people, but I no, spoiled it. But
1: he's definitely my favorite, and also every time I see my, I'm like, I gotta get my eyebrows down. How does, <gasps> he's know. so perfect.
0: I know. I it makes
1: the. I need the. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think I need them? Oh my god,
0: queer eye for the city council. <laughs> totally. That would be amazing. How do we make that happen? I literally wear the same clothes every day. My mom (gasps) is so angry with me. She's like, can you look better? I'm going to write in. I'm going to do it. Can you write in for us? Yes.
1: Because and then I could be like the friend. Yes. 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 Okay. And like
0: I can get a makeover. This is happening, everyone. (laughs) I really need it. I really need it.
1: All right. All right. Okay. Now we can go on to... Um,
0: yeah. So we we weren't here in last week because...
1: Oh, I was in D.C. You were in D.C. I was in D.C. at the National League of Cities um, Conference with several counselors, the mayor, and uh, many members of our city staff. And it's we went last year together, and I, I really missed you this year. I I think I sent you about 175 she sent texts. sent so many texts. That was like, I hate you. Where are you? I didn't even Where know how to here? respond. I was like... <laughs> They were amazing. <laughs> One of them was just a give of just this woman crying. Tears. Tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's a great opportunity to meet other municipal leaders from other cities and attend sessions on issues that are facing most communities uh, and then best practices on how to work with those on those issues like affordable housing, homelessness. Um, there was a great session on juvenile justice and homelessness this time that I thought was really interesting. Race and equity issues and the 2020 census and a bunch of other stuff. Um, we also the Cambridge Youth Council, which is comprised of 13 of our high school students um, get to come with us and they do their own youth conference within the um, within the the larger National League of Cities. So I get to hang out with them and we went to um, the National Portrait Gallery and I saw the Obama portraits for the first time. Those are amazing. You didn't see them last year? I didn't go early enough last year. Okay. To oh go. yeah, you missed it. I, was I missed it. I, yeah, I think you went with them last year. Yeah. And then we also went to the Holocaust Museum with them which I like is really, like, heavy. Mm. And I felt like we had all these high school students with us. I don't know, I just was feeling like, wow, this is a really heavy thing to not be with your parents for. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, it was great to spend some time with them and with uh, our city leaders and colleagues. And um, so sorry we missed you, but we're back.
0: We're back. We're back. And. Before we move on to local topics, I wanted to talk about uh, the terrorist attacks in Christchurch, New Zealand, Mm. uh, on two mosques last Friday. So 50 people uh, have been killed and uh, there's many who are recovering. We went to the Jummah, which is the weekly congregational prayer uh, at the Islamic Center of Boston on Prospect Street uh, on Friday. And uh, I was able to say... Uh, a few words there, uh, and then at the vigil last night, there were many interfaith leaders. Uh, the peace commission, um, or coordinated uh, the the vigil, and we there was also a group evening prayer session. So it it was a very moving, um, e- you know, vigil. And I I spoke, and I wanted to read some of what I said. Uh, I said, in situations like these, we might try to understand or make sense of the tragedy. I urge you all not to spend a moment of your time trying to imagine Mm terrorists' thoughts or motives, as Jacinda Ardeen, New Zealand's Prime Minister, has vowed he will be nameless. Instead, let's think about our brothers and sisters, those beautiful souls, the mothers, the fathers, wives, husbands, children, who at the time of their death were remembering and praising Allah, our beloved creator during Jummah, the weekly congregational prayer. They are the ones who deserve remembrance, recognition, and consideration. This happened on the other side of the world, but the reality is that today hateful rhetoric and white supremacist ideology knows no borders. Uh, And as we mourn another extremist attack, we must acknowledge that uh, this racist uh, xenophobic and Islamophobic language emboldens people to act, seeks to divide us and weakens our connection to each other. Uh, we cannot let it. We can be outraged, We can condemn it in every way. But we also must demonstrate leadership and solidarity. So it was uh, it was a powerful evening last night, and I also I also prayed with um, many folks on on city hall uh but it, it's been very hard to to think about this and and you know it, you you kind of feel numb to it uh and then i've been reading about the victims and their stories and it, it's it's feels it, it could just ha- it could happen anywhere it could happen anywhere and
1: there was a young woman who spoke who was a CRLS student last night um who was remembering a 14 year old and a 16 year old who who died in those attacks And she herself was 16 and she had a 14-year-old brother. And that was the thing that really struck her was that could have been me, that could have been my brother, that could have been my family. And I think that that really resonated within the the group of us who were there last night is, um, yes, this happened in New Zealand. It's um, as far away as you can get, but it's still happening to Muslims it's reverberating mm-hmm. through the Muslim community all over the world. And I know Friday morning when I woke up and saw the news, um, my, my the first thing I did was to text you to say like, are we going to the mosque today at one o'clock? Yeah. Cause I, I knew that, you know, our Muslim community was going to be going to their jummah, um and, and worrying right. th- whether they were going to be safe, whether they were going to be supported by the Cambridge community. And when we walked up, there was a number of community members, lining the front walk mm-hmm. with signs that just said, you know, we're here for you, we love you and there were flowers and it was really powerful, I think. Yeah. And I think it was really important for the members of the Islamic Center um of Boston to to know that people were outside watching over them mm-hmm. and caring for them.
0: Yeah. So thank you. Thank you to people who've reached out um to me and, and um I've certainly been trying to reach out to people. It it, 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 it helps. Uh, to, to just say, I'm thinking about you, yeah. uh, you know, are you okay? Um, we, uh, last night, there were so many people giving hugs hugs to each other. You know, there's so much trauma in this community yeah. and in communities who um, do f- face so much uh, racist and xenophobic and uh, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic, everything. The, the world we live in is very difficult. Uh, and so we have to be there for each other. And
1: just smile at people on
0: the street. You know, like
1: if (laughs) just sometimes it's just a little thing when you're feeling like you're looking inward and feeling like you're not sure who's the enemy, who is having these thoughts about you, it it must be really hard to just walk around. Right. And so I think understanding that it, that just being neighborly, saying hello, um, saying salam alaikum,
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know, just. Be human right now. Right, I think that's right. the most important thing. Um, one of the things I thought was incredibly powerful in moving besides your speech, which I really loved, um, was there were um, two native New Zealanders there doing a, a dance um, called the haka, which is in remembrance of those who have passed. And it was, um, and I'm not sure if you saw the viral video or if our yeah. listeners have um, of those the students. Uh, the two high school men- uh, students that I was just mentioning, their classmates, did sort of an impromptu haka. And, it, you know, it was very moving to see it in the video. It was incredible to see it in person. Um, last night, I posted a video on, on Twitter of it because it was, I, I just, I found it to be very moving. Um, and I was really glad that the city was able to pull together a, a vigil, although we we're standing there last night. And, you know, it's like, <sighs> it's a different tragedy. But there, you know, there we were a few months later after Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. all the same people up there, right? Like it's all the interfaith community. Right. And it just feels like, sometimes like, God, I just never want to do this again. Right, right. Um. Anyway, uh, so thanks to everybody who came out last night. I think it was really important
0: for the Muslim community to know that they were so supported. Yeah. So Monday night, we uh, did have a council meeting. Uh, the Counselor Toomey exercised his charter right uh, on all of the city which manager? We should, we should
1: talk about that because yeah. maybe people don't know what that means. Um, so when you, if you are a city councilor, you can exercise your charter right to put anything that's before the council on the agenda for next week and not talk, not discuss mm-hmm. it um, in the current meeting. Um, generally, <laughs> yeah. Generally, you see that happen when there needs to be more discussion about it, or there needs to be more coordination, or um, somebody just isn't prepared to talk about it that night. It's usually like one item that gets um not a
0: whole agenda no (laughs) so we're not sure what happened uh but what this means is that those items will move into next monday's meeting and so there wasn't that much to talk about in the way of policy orders there's a few council uh orders that were going on to support uh national legislation and like Medicare for yeah. all and
1: Section 8 vouchers. And
0: in those situations, there was really no policy we're voting on. We're only voting to give r- these copies, these resolutions to our congressional delegation.
1: Just so that they know that we're in support. support. And- yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so it was a. It, we got out around seven thirty. I think. I, I think it was. I was
1: like, "Is it still
0: light out?" I know. We're <laughs> like, "Let's go hang out." Uh, and so that was Monday. And you, you, you had a busy week last week. I did. After so you came I came back.
1: Yeah, I, I came back late Tuesday night, and then Thursday night we had an arts task force meeting, which was focused on licensing and permitting—sexy stuff, people. I'm not asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with me. Um, yeah. So this wasn't something that I had thought about having as a topical area, but when I interviewed all the members of the task force before we started on the topics that they wanted to explore, this was sort of in the top three. Um, so uh, I was very surprised, but we had a really great conversation. Um, we had invited Nicole Maradi-Ferrer from the License Commission and Party Safari from the Economic Development Department to talk with the artists, musicians, and executive directors of the arts organization's Um, on the task force about their challenges with the current permitting system and navigating city services and departments as a whole. So you're a business and you want to set up a retail space. Um, You connect with the local business business association and through them, then you get connected to economic development, licensing, inspectional services, and DBW, et cetera. But when you're in arts organizations, you don't think to connect with the business association because you're not really, you don't think of yourself as a business. Right. Um, So you're kind of, you're lacking a single point of contact in the city to help you navigate is kind of what we came to um, during that meeting. Uh, We also discussed the current licensing website and how it's not very user-friendly for arts uh, related uses and doesn't provide any interdepartmental connectivity. So Austin, Texas, which I don't know if you've, you've been to Austin? My brother lives there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they have it. hold on. Hold on. I'm back. No. Nope. Ooh. For some reason my microphone always cuts out.
0: We gotta tape it. I think it's hold on. Sorry everyone. Technical difficulties. I think it's
1: when I'm talking about something boring. <laughs> I think the mic is like <laughs> no like, thanks. Nope, cut it out. Um okay. So Austin, <laughs> Texas, because it's um a I really uh, now I can hear me yeah okay because it's such a big music scene and they do a lot of festivals they have a really like a great one-stop shop um, website that walks artists and organizers through a process of how to set up your arts organization or event and provides helpful links to other departments that you need so it was really great to have Nicole there from the licensing because I think hearing directly from the arts community was powerful and seeing in real time their challenges with navigating the current website so much so that she had this like big aha moment about a challenge that was identified and she actually went back and fixed it on the website the next day Wow! Um, which was awesome you know it was sort of that real time um you know when when somebody has a challenge and you're on a task force oftentimes there's like a report at the end and it, then it gets addressed to have mm-hmm. it addressed the next day was really really um powerful so parties actually um at economic development hearing directly from artists that there are lots of classes for small businesses and that there aren't any that are really geared towards uh arts organizations said that she'd consider adding a class um for that in the future so again it was a really good conversation and these aren't easy conversations it's really hard to be the person um in the room who everyone is saying you need to change this because it's not working but it's also really hard to be the one saying you know right to somebody's face um you need to change this thing it's not working for me it's it's hard to have those conversations so I'm really proud of the hard work that gets done at these meetings um, to reach some of these shared goals so as a result of that conversation and with the backing of the Arts Task Force this coming Monday night I'm going to be putting in two policy orders that will seek to address those challenges so the first one is going to be asking the city to create a dedicated and comprehensive page on the license Commission website which is arts friendly easy to navigate Regularly updated and maintained and provides a calendar of permitted arts events to avoid overlapping conflict. And that also creates a highly visible interdepartmental connection to serve as a one-stop shop for developing arts and cultural events and spaces. And then the second thing is um, asking that the city designates somebody at EDD to be a single point of contact those arts organizations to help navigate the city departments and the bureaucracy that they can come across. We've got an example here in, in Central Square where there's a guy who wants to open a black box theater um, on Green Street and has been sort of having a really hard time navigating all the different departments without that single point of contact, so much so that he may not be able to open um, because he got connected to the mm-hmm. business association and to economic development probably too late in the process. And if he leaves, he's going to Arlington or Belmont or somewhere that's a little bit more arts friendly. So um, those are stories I don't like to hear happening. And I think these two things would seek to address um, some of those challenges and really just create that arts friendly environment that Cambridge is open for
0: business for artists. No, I think that's great. And one thing that as you were talking, I thought about- uh, and You weren't sleeping? I, I was a little bit sleeping, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, I was awake. But the just hearing from artists directly about classes, for sp- you know specific yeah. classes, I know that I've taught a class on this. And I think uh, in Lowell, they do a few of these. But, um, we have a big arts community up there. Huge arts yeah. community. And one thing that's come up is legal assistance. Yes, it's a huge deal. And there's a uh, PowerPoint uh, that through- Have you heard of the volunteer lawyer's for the arts. No. Uh, I will hook it up. Okay. But uh, they- be learning
1: something on my own podcast. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't even, th- I just thought about it, but they provide f- uh, legal services to the arts community in every discipline, uh, animation, book, you know, making, cu- choreography, composition, costumes, and everything. And so they will, you know, you can get access to a pro bono attorney. Wow. Or you can ask them to- uh, teach, a, teach a class on uh, legal issues as, as specifically associated with the arts. And there are so many.
1: There are so many. I mean, that was another thing that I was really surprised about is how many legal issues that they have.
0: Yeah. And so I think this, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great way. It's an introductory presentation and course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you can go a long way. So you should do it.
1: Oh, I think that's a great idea. Thank you for bringing yeah, it up.
0: Yeah, uh, So I ha- also had a meeting last night. Uh, I had <laughs> it just happened. So <laughs> it's task force week, and Alana came. I did so, come <laughs> and, and watched. So that was nice. I was like, <laughs> I'm so nervous. But I uh, <laughs> I had to leave it a little bit early because of the vigil. But um, it, it, we focused on a few things. We heard from our director of assessment, Barb Burden, who. Is it working for the city anymore? Yeah, he's doing special projects. So he was kind enough to come and talk a little bit about condo conversions and some of the data that we had requested, uh, which shows that since uh, 2015 into 2018, there's been about 350 condo conversions, and between and the previous data we have is that from 2000 to 2000. So in fifteen, there were about six hundred condo oh, okay, conversions. Okay. So, it's going up uh, in, mm-hmm. in some ways. Uh, so the typical converted con- condominium units are in former two or three family buildings, with an uh, average number of units being between two and three units per conversion.
1: That's interesting because i I would have thought there were some bigger buildings in there.
0: I yeah, I was I've been surprised. So I I've asked so for some like breakdown and mm-hmm. some specific data uh, about. Which were the big ones because we've, even on our time, experienced, oh, you know, Dana Street. Dana Street, Street, yeah. Right. So is that an outlier? Is that not? So I'm trying to get some more specifics on that. So condo conversion,
1: it doesn't cover somebody buying a multi-unit building and then continuing to rent it out. Right. It's just buying a multi-unit building and converting them to condos and then selling them as individuals. Yes. Got it.
0: Yeah, so the law. I is, did go to your, I listened. You, you can, you can. <laughs> I was even confused, but anyway, I, I ha, will have more to say on this uh, in the next week or two as we kind of finalize kind of what in condo conversion we want to strengthen and look at, and what tenant protections could look like. Uh, we're also thinking a lot about tenant education, about increasing funding, identifying new non-municipal sources of funding for anti-displacement work outside. Mm-hmm. the city, because mm-hmm. city is very limited uh, in how they can use taxpayer money. Because they can't just give it to a person. They can't give it to a person. And we've ha-
1: been having this conversation a lot, because I think in sort of this affordable housing overlay conversation, people were like, why don't you just give people money for rent? And right. Like, well, you can't. We can't. You can't just take taxpayer, my money and Sumbles money and give it to a person. Um, yeah, there has to be sort of...
0: There's another avenue. There's a process, so we're we're doing we're talking about that, and we're thinking. We heard also last night from um, our CEOC, our anti-poverty mm-hmm. agency, and about tenant organizing capacity, and they are the only people who do any type of tenant organizing, and they have about a. I think $100,000 dedicated to that.
1: It's (laughs) one-tenth of their whole budget, too. It's
0: not like they're a huge place. Yeah, it's a very small place. And so it's made us as a group, as that group, think about, okay, what does tenant organizing, what should it look like? Uh, And there are other organizations, nonprofits, they just don't do any of it. I think Justice Start would be interested in doing it if there was funding. Mm -hmm. So it all goes back to funding. How can we... Um, think about tenant organizing and increase funding for that.
1: But I think I feel like I heard someone say yesterday that rethinking the whole idea of how meetings would happen. Yeah. Or like it's it doesn't just have to be like a monthly meeting mm-hmm. that people go and you know because people don't have a lot of time in the meetings right. and like is there another because there's technology that exists that could connect people is there a different way to do tenant organizing that would be less expensive um, and more um, engaging. For and there used people.
0: to be more funding. For it, oh. or in the past, uh, where I think CUC was talking about they had someone who would was go to building. Was it out of the block building. grant?
1: The C- CDBG
0: I think, block grant? I think that, it, yeah, it's d- th- currently it is out of the block grant, and okay. I think it must, it was must have been it must have been more. it yeah, okay. must have been more. So a lot work on that we are also there's a whole layer of collecting a lot of data that the city have, we've been all asking the city to do on how are we measuring displacements and i think the the big thing is there we have someone named cliff cliff uh, cook cliff cook and he, he is the best he's he and it's just him right i know <laughs> and so we have the census coming up and right. i think you know i'm i, I want to push for another data person so that some of this we can be working on. Oh. Yeah, why not? We need another data person. So uh, a lot to come uh, on on some of this stuff, but it it's hard stuff. I was like, <laughs> uh, Alana was like, ooh, your task force is not fun. I was like, I know, it's not. I didn't
1: say it wasn't fun. <laughs> I told listeners, I did not say, I said it was very <laughs> different. It was different. Than the Arts Task Force, which is a lot of uh, feelings. Yeah people talk about their feelings a lot, which I actually enjoy, because that's like, I have a good feelings place.
0: I know, I'm so dead inside these days. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, we're gonna do this. I was like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. I, was like, okay. I know, you run a, like, I a was tight, like,
1: non-emotional meeting. I'm really, Don't I'm come just, to
0: mine. <laughs> You'll be like, oh my god. My aid is always like, everyone talked about their feelings for two hours. I couldn't deal. No, I mean, I I think, you know, I, I I was really grateful. We had another presentation from David Kale, uh, who's our assistant city manager on fiscal f- affairs, but it was really good to hear from him that uh, we spend, what was the number? Someone asked, so how much of that is dedicated to affordable housing uh, of the budget? I forget the numbers off the top of my head. It was like two point, I think we spend about 24 million. Right.
1: Somewhere in the 20. 20 million
0: out of a 630 something budget million dollar million budget. dollar budget so what does that mean so it was really good to just keep hearing, and, and the and the cast member was like oh is that you know just asking questions about that i was like great i just want us to talk about it more because we do i think we need to be defunding for housing much more
1: yeah it's funny I, it was funny to hear like the new people, like the people yeah. around the table, because I feel like we're always like councilor. Councilor's always saying it. We're always like, it's just a, such a small part of our si- total city budget. It is. Are we funding our priorities? Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Are
0: we? Yeah. So it, it was. It was good to have that on record. Anyway, a lot more to do. Oh wait,
1: can I ask you about the the Rob
0: Rossi fund? Yes, that was something
1: you talked about last night that I think people would be interested in.
0: So yeah, the Richard Rossi fund. Did I say Rob Rossi? Yes, you did. That's
1: one of my husband's friends from college. Okay, <laughs> Richard. Rossi, who yes. used to be our city manager prior to this one, and in
0: 2017, as he was leaving, he uh, there's a fund that people created in his honor. Oh, I see. Uh, he's he was he was a huge advocate for affordable housing, and uh, there was a fund that was created in his o- honor. And the fund is really for a variety of things, but it's to help people who are facing displacement. How much money is in the fund? Currently, there's $55,000.
1: And was there more at some point? No.
0: There oh. was about, it was about 35,000. Okay. And so, so, it, so it's
1: never been spent down. Or it's spent been spent al- down. Oh, okay. But
0: what I'm trying to figure out is like, why aren't we, well, how are we spending it down? Mm. And then how are we figuring out ways to increase funding towards it? Because it's kind of similar to other funds in that. You know, look at the scholarship fund, it's outside, sure. it's like private yeah. then donations. You could, then you could actually write checks to people. You can write checks. Yeah. So I'm, r- I'm still in the process to see how we can leverage private resources, private sources mm-hmm. to fund the Richard Rossi Fund so that we have more than $55,000. I want it to be, so- I want A, people to know that it's there, right. and also that uh, people can donate to it.
1: So one of the things that, um, Got talked about last night and, you know, we talk, we've we talked about in the past that having that first, last, and first, last month's rent and mm-hmm. deposit is oftentimes, even if you're thinking right. about $2,000, that's, who has six grand sitting in their, um, in their bank account? So, oh, um, I, I don't. So anyway. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> um, but so could that, could those resources be used for either rental arrears or that first, last, and security deposit to make sure that people um, who have found housing that they can actually afford through their Section 8 and through their um, current salaries, that they can actually, you know, put the money down, get the apartment. Or if they're in rent, if they're in arrears on their rent, make sure that they stay in their home. Right.
0: So right. those would be great uses Yeah, for and that. how can we ex- maybe potentially expand the use, too, of, of this fund if it's <laughs> legally possible? So there's a lot to so do. You- I mean, I, like, there's a case that uh, the de novo told me about de novo is our new legal service they, they changed their name but oh okay they have a client who uh, who their landlord did all this work on the property and they did it incorrectly but now they're saying okay we're gonna inv- uh, evict you and and you have to pay for some of the um the, the, work, the work that, that did? we did it's it's uh, the facts i'm not getting it all right but sure, there's okay. like two grand right there that the Denova folks are like they they need this money to give to the landlord. We're trying to get a reasonable, some kind of reasonable accommodation and do something here. But can't we use if they need two thousand money and they don't have it against this crazy person who's evicting them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That money should be used for that. Okay, you know. So there's other ways that we can prevent. You know, we can prevent eviction. Right. In that in that capacity
1: and it's kind of these small dollars. Right. Okay.
0: Right. And we have access to that. So. Mm-hmm. I think there are situations that go beyond the first and month rental. That I think there has to be at least a conversation about it.
1: How did you find out about this fund?
0: It was this assistant city manager. Huh. Okay. And it was in the Cambridge Day. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, but it, I never knew about it. Did I you? Think, I don't think I did. Right. Uh, anyway, some some things that we're uncovering in this work that Love we it. do.
1: We're, we're like a little. Worker investigators yeah. investigators uh,
0: really. so that was last night uh, I, after this podcast I'm going to a public safety committee hearing to discuss the implications of identity theft and cyber crime on local residents and businesses are you coming
1: um I am not because I'm not part of that committee oh yeah
0: but you did come last week
1: I did because I was interested and you, in And now
0: you of... realize why you shouldn't come it to was, them
1: it was a ver- it was short it was, it was, it was a, a very short short meeting.
0: meeting yeah no comment on that we just sometimes we have these meetings that shouldn't happen.
1: You, you, you said no comment, and then you go... <laughs> I know, sorry. Okay, well, and then also after that, tonight we have the Affordable Housing... or Our housing committee is mm-hmm. having a meeting um, about the Affordable Housing Overlay, and this is an opportunity. It's from 5 to 7 at the Sullivan Chamber at City Hall. It's just going to be public comment yes. on um, the Affordable Housing Overlay proposal.
0: So come if you have comments.
1: Definitely, or if you just want to come and listen to what other people's yeah. comments are. It's not... Oh, The only thing I'm like a little like, no one's going to kind of like address some of these questions when they're happening. Like I was wondering, like, would it be better to have a town hall type thing where people could ask their question and have it answered? I don't know. This just feels like it's I,
0: just sort of a one way. I know. I know. I think Councillor Simmons wanted people to just feel that they could come and talk. Yeah. Uh, and I think I like that idea of perhaps we can. Maybe do a town hall eventually mm. and have like a round table of some sorts that's open to the public. Um
1: I was just thinking about all the house parties we did, right? Like when we were campaigning. And it would be actually nice to have some like smaller venues where people could actually ask their questions and have yeah. them answered. because um, yeah. I think a lot of times when you answer people's questions about the overlay, then it's a little bit more clear, and people are like, "Oh, okay. Well, I can kind of see that."
0: Or, no, we definitely need to do that because we've gotten a lot of emails that, and I think email, people are still confused.
1: I, I just wonder the best way to engage with people and and really get to the the bottom of their questions and really try to address them, either address them there or or take them as an aggregate and understand yeah. like how do we address it through this. Proposal. I think there's
0: themes coming up, and I think it'd be good to make sure we have those answered in a systematic way
1: and getting to everyone right because right now I just feel like there's so many disparate places so where much, people so are much. posting information getting information there's and just a lot and it's really hard to keep track of it is and you know I think if you're if you're on a neighborhood list and all you're seeing is neighborhood posts that may not have some of the information or I don't know this is just a really hard one in terms of the communication and making sure that people have I mean I'm if you're not supportive of the overlay, I I get it. But like, I just want to make sure that the reasons why you're not supportive is because...
0: And you have the facts and the... Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. You've had all the facts at your fingertips and um, I, I don't know that we've actually done the best job we can. Like, we have Making sure yeah. that everybody knows all, yeah. all the stuff. So anyway, so that's tonight. That's five to seven. And then next week, next Thursday night? The, yeah, the, the 28th. There's another meeting um
0: where we... It will not just be uh, public comment, but um, there'll be something that this. I think the CDD will respond to some of these themes that are coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not sure. what well, that's else. good. Okay. So, but it will be on the topic of the overlay.
1: Good. Well, yeah. I hope that people feel like there's some opportunities to engage on this, and yeah. Um, and if
0: you have questions, reach out to us for sure.
1: Yeah, and we're, I think this week we're going to do something a little different in my newsletter, um, and try to kind of.
0: You should t- do a survey
1: that well that was the plan. Yeah. Um some kind of interactive thing and Yeah, like, do you know questions. what this is? <laughs> is. Or like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, tell tell us your thoughts and feelings about right, this or right. like what's what's the number one concern you have so.
0: And how can we best I mean, people have been requesting individual meetings and I know That's very difficult in the sense that like that's why I feel like house parties would be good or like that model. That model. Yeah. We should or We should, you know, something. what we should
1: do is like have an ask me anything
0: podcast. Yeah, right? Oh my God, we totally should. We're
1: just sitting here like on our podcast, like how can we reach people? <laughs> I know. Oh my God, let's think about this. <laughs> we're so it. smart. We're so cool. We should We should think about that.
0: So as we're th- doing that thinking, I wanted to just tell you guys a lot about some events that are coming up before we depart for this week, t- uh, t- tomorrow is our n- digs deep conversation. Uh, So please come. It's at the Cambridge Engine Latin Theater. No, it's not the theater. Gosh, it's at the cafeteria, 5.30 to 6.00. The media
1: cafeteria or the main Main cafeteria? Main
0: cafeteria. There will be food from 5.30 to 6.00, but it will start at 6.00. And Dr. Darnisa will be leading the session. And it will be about discussing and processing identity. And we're going to have some race-based affinity groups. And so uh, join us if you can.
1: And then also tomorrow night um, is something called Conversations on the Edge. It's the Growing Divides in Cambridge, a tale of 2.0 cities. um, And that's being put on by the Cambridge Community Foundation. It's going to be a panel. It is from 6 to 7.30 at the Central Square Library on Pearl Street. Unfortunately, it conflicts with the Dig Steep, so everyone has to either clone themselves or make a choice. <laughs> um, it's going to be moderated by Gita Pradhan of the Community Foundation. And the pan- panelists for the event include Chuck Collins, um, who's the director of Program on Inequality and the Common Good at the Institution for policy studies. the um, <laughs> Sarah Gallup, who is the co-director uh, at the MIT Office of Government and Community Relations and also an Arts Task Force member. Um, and Damon Smith, who's the principal at the Cambridge Ridge and Latin School. Um, and then on Saturday from 6.30 to 10 p.m., which is super late, <laughs> <laughs> from 630 to 10 at the MIT Media Lab on Amherst Street the Community Arts Center is hosting the D- Do It Your Damn Self Youth Film Festival um, so I, tickets and information are online and I'll tweet out the link um, so Aaron Johnson and James Pierre from the Community Arts Center are also on my arts yeah. task force a lot, of, a lot of task force members are you going to go? I Saturday unfortunately I have like remember I was going to do things for my Yes. yes I'm going to see
0: friends good i know it's so hard i'm going out friday night to that the restaurant loose oh nice with friends okay i have some and i have then... i have plans on friday night <laughs> oh
1: yeah yeah what are you doing um we are i'm going out to the kirkland tap and trotter with some friends hey. i know look at Those us so cool we
0: have friends i on saturday i am doing something at uh cambridge, i'm going to cambridge latin theater <gasps> and Ooh. i would love for the, anyone on the podcast to join me <laughs> i made an announcement at city hall at, oh my god at council that was a meeting
1: i laughed out loud and everyone it was so embarrassing <laughs> <You're> like,
0: like <laughs> it was embarrassing what i don't want to say? talk about it well i was just like i'm uh you know shout out to the cambridge high school cambridge and latin theater department for making it onto the state finals for theater you know for festival and i i was like you know i did festival all four years Anyway, I was like, please join me if you want to come on s- at 7 to their performance. They're performing at Ringe. Which sounds less
1: embarrassing right now, but it was really funny because she was
0: like, everyone come join me. <laughs> everyone come to my party. <laughs> I know, it's not even my party, but shout out to Monica Niest, uh Monica Murray, who uh, teaches and is uh, is directing that show. She's a
1: friend of yours, right? Yeah, she's a, mentor. A, she's
0: a friend. Yeah. She's my theater teacher. So uh, I'm doing that at, uh, Saturday at 7.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, And then also this Saturday from 11 to 3 p.m. at Puritan and Company, which is delicious. um, And Inman Square is an event for On the Rise, which is a local women's um, shelter here. They do day services for homeless women. Um, They're having an empty bowls benefit. So you can select and take home your own handmade bowl donated by local potters and enjoy soup donated by local restaurants all proceeds directly benefit on the rise uh, a day program for homeless and formerly homeless women so there's two seatings one is at 1130 a.m. and one at 1 p.m. and the tickets are $40 I've um, I love an empty bowls event it's like because you get to take the bowl home yeah and, um, this is such 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 a good cause on the Rise, um, they do amazing work so
0: consider doing that this Saturday and then another good cause we wanted to mention again is uh, the Women's Commission Collection for Dignity Matters through the 31st. As we know, it's the March's Women's History Month, and the Cambridge Women's Commission is helping collect items for for the organization. Paths, tampons, underwear, new with tags and bras, new or gently used, may be placed in the bin located in the Women's Commission office, 51 Inman Street on the 2nd floor. Uh, and I think there's also a bin in City Hall in the city manager's office. Oh, really? Yeah. Someone oh, okay. was telling me that. So it's a great nonprofit that uh, c- collects uh, supplies feminine and collects feminine, uh, feminine, feminine, feminine,
1: <laughs> feminine
0: hygiene hygiene, feminine, leather, yellow leather. I'm a theater <laughs> kid. Red leather, yellow leather. Uh, so definitely donate if you can.
1: Yeah, it's such a great cause. And during Women's History Month. Yeah,
0: go women. So
1: important. Okay, so Sambler and I are going to go off to 157 meetings. Yes. That still have to happen somehow by the end of today, even though it's almost three o'clock. Wish us luck. Wish us luck. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. If you uh, love this podcast, please share it on Facebook, on Twitter. Tell your friends um, so we can keep them updated on what is going on here in Cambridge. Also, what TV shows to watch, what restaurants to go to. Yeah, all all the things. All the things. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.